The views and opinions expressed on From the Mouths of Madness are that of the panel and not of the Geeks Under the Influence Network or their sponsors, Amazon.com and TeePublic.com. Listeners, beware. Coming straight from the mouths of madness, I am Lowdown. With me, as always, is... Epi Honor. What's up, bitches? Spooky bitches. Spooky bitches. Spooky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. That time of year, motherfucker. That's right. I'll put a spell on you. <laughs> I know, you're, you're super white. You can't do that. It's fine. I, I put a spell on you. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you want to hear a white dude that can do it right. Fucking uh, Credence does a cover of that shit. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Dude, John Fogarty is... Uh, just a league of his own yep. when it comes yep. to that shit. Um, <laughs> we're not going to go into classic rock tonight. <laughs> tonight is actually... <laughs> Unlike the uh, Stephen King episode where oh, yeah. the best thing we could talk about in the tall grass was um, the Creedence song in it. So Yeah. yeah. Let the midnight special. See, I got a little high on that one. See, you like that? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You like that? Anyway, tonight on The Chopping Block, we're going to talk about 2016's film The Barn. And, yes. oh, it's right in there with the spooky season. Oh, it's just yeah, all it's, up in your it's, face. It's uh, definitely one of those to put on the list to watch. Oh, yeah, I mean, Halloween it, time. it's not subtle. It's all over your face, neck, and chest. It's yeah. just, just shooting it. Ropes, ropes of Halloween. It's, it's like a, <laughs> if, if, you, if you're a fan of 80s, like, slasher, these guys are like, just you could tell the love that they have. Slasher and monster. Yeah. Really, if you think about yeah. it. It's like, it's like it's a mix of like slasher, monster, uh, like, not really possession, but like, definitely cultish. Yeah. You know? I'll give you that, and yeah. I really dig that about it. I mean, all right, this movie starts off with a little girl getting a fucking pickaxe to the dome, bro. Like, I mean, come on. They don't come point on. punches. They're like, strap in, motherfucker. Seriously. It's like, fuck, yeah. And then it goes into fucking like a heavy metal score. I'm like, oh, yeah. right in my heartstrings. That's what I'm saying. Right in it my heartstrings. It doesn't just sort of embrace the 80s. It fucking takes that out on a date and caresses all about it. It is just committed to... Like, the, it has a grainy film look to it. Yep. Every character is dressed 80s style. They mm-hmm. make sure to say stuff like Barfarama and Tubular. <laughs> and every generic, like, 80s thing that you almost could insert Bart Simpson fucking saying. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's so good. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Like, just that 80s nostalgia. Like, there's, there's doing a movie like the 80s, and there's literally doing an 80s movie. Yeah. And that's the big difference with this film. Yeah, it's it, it's an '80s film. Yeah, it, and like it, that's a it's an amazing thing to say in today's era of technology when you can actually regress your you can actually regress the technology enough to do an '80s film. Yeah, like like an '80s film. And I love that because that is that is just talent, and that is like there's so much dedication to that. Yeah, and research that goes into that. Right. So, little uh, some 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 back notes on this film. It was it is an indie film and it is directed by a Justin M. Seaman and he actually wrote it, he directed it, and he also plays the boogeyman in the film, which is one of the three monsters yeah. in the movie. You've got the boogeyman, you've got Hollow Jack, and you've got the candy corn scarecrow. Basically they 
The Boogeyman is essentially a miner. I mean, Hollow Jack is a... Like a coal miner. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a coal miner. It's just when you say miner, you're like, uh, no, no, no. Like, plays like, you know, the... The, the... hat with the light. And yeah. The, you know. <laughs> and then you've got Hollow Jack, who's basically a flaming pumpkin head thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know how to describe him. He's He, control, he can, like, transfer himself between pumpkins. Yeah, he and, controls vines and, and shit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got uh, the candy corn scarecrow, who was a, he was a scarecrow with like just this fucking gnarly ass mouth who likes to eat and he, people. He always has a good humor about. It. He's laughing every oh, time God. he's murdering somebody. Can I tell you the first time ooh, I heard that laugh, ooh, 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 ooh. I'd, I'd fucking piss myself. It's, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty goofy. <laughs> it's like and that's, <laughs> and that's like the last thing you hear before you're killed. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you're. It's like you're touching him in a special spot. Exactly. Like, oh, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And basically, it opens up in the past, uh, from where the movie's set, time frame wise. And yeah, there's this legend of this barn in yep. the town. I forget the name of the town. You, you'll see it when you watch the movie because you will watch this movie. And uh, <laughs> these kids, you know, as kids do, like, oh, go knock on the door. I dare you. Yeah. Blah blah blah. There's a, and, yeah, let's see if it's true. Let's yeah. see if the murders rumors are true. Let's check yeah. it out. And then, uh. of course, the one of the kids, little girl, goes up there and knocks. And the rumor goes, if you knock and say trick or treat, you know, they're going to give you a trick or a treat. And, well, she got a hella trick. Because yep. all of a sudden, like I said, a pickaxe from the miner goes right into her dome. And, I don't yeah. Think, I don't think they deliver many treats. I think it's all tricks. It's all tricks. The it's murdering all tricks. you, but yeah. you know, I guess yeah. maybe one person got like a Snickers one time, and then after that, we're, we're like, we're, we're talking way back. It might have not even been Snickers. It might have been like a like oh, a yeah, Mr. Uh, Good Bar or, or like no, a no, cowtail. Uh, 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 candy, uh, fucking candy apple. A candy apple, yeah. or like whatever. I don't know. Thing they had a Mike and Ike time. Yeah. or some shit like that. Like fucking almond joy, like some old ass. A whirlers, candy. whirlers, a whirlers. Yeah, <laughs> that had to be around because old people give that shit out left or right. So that had to be from back in the day. All right. So. so after that, flash into the awesome middle score. Duh, duh, duh. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking rad, dude. Yeah, like, it is. It, 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 it has the inverted cross and everything. I'm like, oh, oh dude. I, I want the fucking soundtrack to this. Just, just, yeah, seriously. Can, can that be on, like, something streaming-wise, at least? Like, yeah, because I, I don't know any of the bands that actually play the songs, but you just close your eyes and you just see metal spike bracelets and, like, fucking leather, like, it just, just jamming the fuck out. Like, yeah, so, like... After the, you know, title credits uh, that you're headbanging through, <laughs> intro into the 80s, and it's the future, and... Well, the future 80. The, the future, future as, in, as in, compared to the previous scene. Yeah. And you're introduced to this, the, pretty much the main character. There are his friends as well, but the main character, who realizes it's basically his last Halloween, to really just... Give no fucks and enjoy Halloween because yeah. apparently in the 80s, like you couldn't be an adult and just give no fucks and enjoy Halloween. Yeah. Which I get it because I, that was a thing, right? Like I feel like at a certain point it was a thing where if yeah. you if you were you a don't age, trick or treat anymore, or and... you just don't enjoy. Like we don't trick or treat, but we enjoy the fuck out of Halloween. There, but there was like there's the a 80s, difference in the 80s. I feel like there was a cutoff when yeah. you stop trick or treating. You can't enjoy Halloween. Then yeah, no. you know, Mer. hand out the candy and, and that's, that's it. it. Yeah, Mer. and now like nope. <laughs> No, fuck you. Everybody fucking is like, I'm dressing exactly. up. Yep. No, Halloween's the shit. Yeah. Fuck you. It's always been the shit. You suck. Yeah. And he is telling the story of uh, 
the barn, actually. Yeah. To these kids, scaring the shit out of them. And they, they you know, get scared, and they believe him, and they, he gives them candy, and they go away. And the next kid comes out, and he's like, there's bullshit. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he sends him over to this barrel where he says the candy is. And then he introduced another character where that's his best friend who jumps out and scares the piss out of this kid. Yep. Which was awesome. Yeah, uh, because the kid was being a dick. Don't disrespect Halloween. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, Fuck kid, you. the kid deserved it. You don't disrespect Halloween. I don't, did he even have a costume? Was not the whole problem? He was like too? a baseball. He was like a baseball player, I think. It was a pretty weak like ass costume. It was a weak so, ass costume. Yeah. Whatever. He was a lame kid. And uh, then he, you know, he hides back. The friend they they shoot the shit and talk, and then the friend hides back in the barrel. And then one of the cameos of the film shows up in a Linnea Quigley. I kind of wish she hadn't showed up. <laughs> That because that's terrible. Uh, I dude, she looked uh, she looked rough, dude. I she was supposed she's to be. She's not young. I understand. Okay, but it, they played her as the crotchety, like uptight, whatever. Like which, um, was, a, which was different for her. I know, but uh, you know, with age comes the I you know, prudence because I understand. But face, I you still... can't flash her naked hoo ha like she did Return of the Living Dead when she's. Or Whatever put, age she is now. She's not inserting anything into her nipples. Yes, I understand. Yes. It's a different time. She's not stripping in a cemetery and literally grinding everything. Okay? That's true. There you right. go. I mean, there's a difference, I Hunter. Just, there's a difference. It's, it's, it's a little rough. She looked a little rough. That's all I'm saying. She's so, older. I know. I know. I, I know what you're saying. And, and it might have been a little what the character she was playing. I'm just prefacing. By oh, yeah. They dressed that. her like they dressed prude her as fuck and very conservative. And, very and I now, guess I've just never, because. You know, we had done a talk about the remake of uh, Night of the Demons. Demons, and she has a quick cameo in there where she's wearing the same dress and stuff like that, and she didn't look that rough, you know? No. Well, it also was not well lit and dark in that scene, too. I'll give you that. I'm just saying. That is true. But also, like I said, like, dude, those movies that we saw her in that we got our, you know, young boners off on <laughs> was, was literally 30 years ago. Yes, that's true. Yes, that is very true. So there's that, too. And she right. was in her late twenties, early thirties in those movies. So right. you know, we're looking at late fifties, sixties in this. In this, so I'll give it to her because if she turned around and bent over Night of the Demons, I was like, God damn, girl, I'm just saying, hey, <laughs> oh. But again, it's kind of cool for her to just she, make a cameo do a complete different character. Yeah, it was cool for her because she literally did get typed. I mean, even Silent Night Deadly Night, she was the chick who was getting fucked on a pool table to being impaled in her panties on antlers. Yep, tits out. Exactly. Yeah, so tits like. Out. That's been her M.O. I will say, we didn't see her tits in this one, so... No, we didn't. Yeah. No? No. So, she gets introduced, and there's, you know... or So, we're not going to go crazy into the movie, because there's a lot of fun stuff that happens in main, this film. Our main dude gets punished, and it's like, no. The dad punishes him, he's like, He's you got, need to grow up. But nah. what's his objective is he has to collect... Food, for the food drive. Food drive, yeah. And so, he's like, you know what? I'm going to do both. Well, the both is... That they find out there's a band that they really love, and I forget the name of the band, that is playing oh, a couple can, towns over. Can we talk about how they find out about the show? Who's the DJ? Oh, Mr. Ari Lehman, the other fucking cameo who, if you don't know and you love horror, you need to call somebody. He is the OG <laughs> Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th Part and 1. And by the way, the show he has, the Rock Hour, whatever. It was Doc Rock, wasn't yeah. his name? Doc Rock. And it's Rock. just him, like, biting on records and all of your With, like, basic, power tools and yeah, stupid all shit. All your basic <laughs> shit that you I, I have on it. a community access, like, rock show back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. He's just a madman. He's out of control. By the way, 
By the time this comes out, I don't know if it will have happened or is still going to happen, but he is coming to Richmond with his band. So that is going to be fun. Yeah. His metal band. He is in a metal band, and you will probably see social media posts. Either you've already Doesn't seen them. Doesn't have lyrics, like the band's got connections to Jason or something like that, or is it just... So I, I think, I don't know. I don't care. It's already yeah, I, was gonna say, I, I, gonna I don't go. give a fuck. Yeah. We'll like, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go watch it. Yeah. Like, or we've been there. I don't know when this comes out. Exactly. <laughs> I, I can't remember the date of when the show is, so just bear with us on that. But yeah, Ari Lehman shows up, and it's a fun cameo. It really is. It really, and it fits him. It, I feel like it fits him now. Like with that crazy ass mustache. Yeah, it does. Fucking long curly hair. It's like, dude, it, <laughs> fuck yeah, dude, kick ass. I love it. So yeah, yeah he, so and so is playing, and they're yeah. like, oh shit, at midnight, at midnight on Halloween, on Halloween. Don't, be, yeah, like make sure you've got to be there. And of course, everybody's like, oh shit, we gotta make it to this road trip. Show. And yep. he's like, wait, she didn't say I had to go gather food in town, so yeah. they decide to venture to the concert and also do the food grabbing, they grabbing grab in friends, that sound. Uh, yeah. Well, there's like know. a few friends they grab. There's like it's like a trio of there's like a couple. But they got the two. one friend that has the awesome van, which yes. they all have to pile into. So. Yeah, the shag wagon. Yeah. It's basically a shag wagon, uh, left over from the '60s. <laughs> it's the '80s. Yeah, it, it, there were there were tons of those around. Anyway, so they go driving, and they, I forget why they pulled into this town, but they did. Because he had to do, he had to make collect the candy. Was it was it that way? Yeah, he, had, it? he was okay. like, hey, remember, remember, I've got to collect shit before we make it to the show. Yeah. So, so he pulls in, and that's pretty much they pretty much pull in right in front of the barn. Yeah, and just hang out that's there on the outskirts of the town. Yeah. And they're like this is a good place for us to stop. They just hang out there. Uh, and eventually they go and, uh, they see like, well, they see like a town meeting somewhere. I forget where they saw, or, or they just show you the town meeting they just show and they you haven't the gone meeting. there. Yeah. And it's the same dude who was involved with the barn prior to that. Uh, he's just old now. And, uh, they're, they're, meanwhile, they have a fire going outside of the barn and there's a dare that pops up to go knock on the door and do trick or treat. Yep. And who do, they, who do they, they, they all go in, but who's the one that's investigating everything first up is your token black guy. Yeah. Yeah. And who's the first one to die? Yeah. yeah token well, black guy. Token black guy. Yeah. Cause <laughs> they all go in the barn and it's got some weird shit mm-hmm. and they're like, all right, cool. And he's like, you know what? I want to hang out for a little while. Check out some so more shit. listening to music. Yeah. Looking at all these random chicken coops or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And there comes the miner. Yep. And just, yeah. First victim. Surprise. I, I was shocked that he would be the. First victim. I mean, that, attracts, attracts them. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> like, you know. And then when they find that though, because they go into the barn to look for him, when they realize that he hasn't shown up, he's he's putting him through the meat grinder. Yeah, he's got his head. He's making hamburger grinder. out of him. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so you have your again. They have such an appreciation for eighty slashers. You got your boyfriend girlfriend. You know, couple that's like she has amazing tits. By yes. the way, and they're like. All right, we're gonna hang out, get a tent, and just fuck next to the, you know, the cornfield. Fuck. Yeah, and <laughs> the other characters go to town. So mm-hmm. you get them. Everybody's separated, so you get your prime setups. Black guy goes first, then couple that's about that I guess did fuck. So you know what's gonna happen. That eighties rules. You fuck. That's it. Yeah. So I don't remember how. I don't think Hollow Jack killed anybody initially. No, feel, it, like was, the, it was the well, it, it was, was the, the minor that scarecrow killed the black guy, killed the and then girl. the couple was killed by the scarecrow. Yeah. yeah. Well, he goes to investigate something. Goes to, the boyfriend goes to the barn. 
she's left alone. Here's the and that's what Mello did, yeah. yeah, the, the yeah. goofy. Well, you think it's her friend watching him being a yeah. pervy. Yeah. You know. But I can't remember if Hollow Jack came out and killed anyone initially or if he didn't start doing his killing till he got to town. Because after all this, so you've got the main character and this girl he's been, like, seriously crushing on in town, and but, they're going to get, they're going to collect. By the way, I just want to bring this up real quick, because it's kind of, it's the only thing that irritated me throughout the movie, is your main dude, right, he's crushing on this chick pretty hardcore. They go to a skating ring, she's working there. His best friend is doing all, all the, the heavy work. lifting. All like, the work. Hey, you know, we're going to go to a show. You should come. And like, hey, you know, it's really cool. Y'all should, like, just hang out here together. And, like, his best friend's doing everything. And the main dude just keeps not going through with it. Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe not. You know, and, like, playing off, it's like, dude, your friend's trying to hook you up. He's trying to get you laid. And you keep cock-blocking yourself, man. Yeah, it's terrible. Stop it! It's fucking terrible. And it goes throughout the entire movie. <laughs> well, up I to started, a certain point. Yeah, up to a certain point. But just... It's the last 10 minutes. There's enough points where I'm just like, dude, she's digging your shit. Stop cock-blocking yourself. Yeah. So No, you, you are yeah, you are correct. Yeah, because I remember when we watched it, I, I, we kept talking about that. Like, God stop damn it, man. What are you doing? Yeah, like, his friend's like, well, you, you want to sit here? You know, this. you should sit here. And then his... The, Dude would be like, no, oh, no, yeah, I'm fine. And like, no, there's a reason and a purpose for all this shit. Stop it. Yeah. So I was surprised his friend after a while. I was like, fuck this, man. You, you're lame. I'm, I'm just, I'm taking over this shit. I was like, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in that. Like, I'm yep. sorry. Yeah. Like, fuck you. You're just being dumb. Anyway. Five times, you're done, man. Yeah, I, five I times. You five fucking man. times, dude. Yeah. Uh, so then they all, every one of the mon- the, the monsters. I remember they, they pass the well, they, other three characters. Well, because Chick gets killed in the tent, right? And then he, the her boyfriend, sees her arm mm-hmm. on the boombox. It's like, fuck this noise, runs into town. Mm-hmm. And then I guess, did they follow him into town or was it just timing? They that? followed him into town. Yeah. And they pass... But they, but the, the, they don't, they don't. The friends initially on the, when they're on the street don't, they don't come across the friend until they get to the barn, the barn, uh, hoot, the Halloween hooting nanny. Oh yeah. yes. So the autumn is it Halloween or the autumn hoot nanny or something like that. I think it's autumn. I think they were trying to autumn be cautious nanny. about yeah. Halloween because of the like religious um, of the of the town. Of, yeah, yeah, the town. Yeah. So. But the, the the three monsters like just walk by them. Remember, because they bump into yeah, him and like he drops his scared. he drops his he fucking drop bag. I think one of them just grabs it from him. He's like, hey, yeah. yeah. So they follow him, and then we get to the which is arguably the most gruesome part of the movie. Oh, well, they they kind of Michael Myers style. They decide go house to house and just start. Oh yeah, taking out old ladies with curlers. Oh and dude, it was different awesome. Different people, yeah, yeah. So straight up like. Yeah, just like, all right, let's let's hit some houses. Let's get our treats, you know, kill, murder people. Until they, you know, meanwhile, our main characters show up at this autumn ho- nanny, which, which, on a side note, fucking awesome band playing. And yeah. I was like, um, I'm, Charlotte's a huge fan of Rockabilly. And as soon as it came on, like she was already looking up the band, and it's they're a legit band that plays yeah. in the at the show. What and band is that? God damn it! Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, nah, I'm gonna get catch shit for this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but they're fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what band is that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they they're playing the Autumn Festival and shit like that. And our main characters roll up in there, 
<clears throat> and then here comes our three main motherfuckers and some amazing fucking death scenes precede that. Yeah. So, yeah. Really fucking badass uh, death Which, scenes. Which, how do they start? They don't start killing people that are in the crowd. They start with the fucking band. Yeah. They start. <laughs> Which, I don't, by the way, I don't, there is a sequel being filmed to this, and I don't know how they're going to bring the, uh, bring the band into it. Yeah, you it. told me that the sequel to bring the band, I'm like, you mean the band that was viciously murdered on stage? That band? I don't know, dude. I don't know how they're doing it. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, and what you, you got introduced to him slightly prior to this scene, but uh, he really comes into form in this scene where, so when the initial scene at the beginning of the movie when it was this girl and somebody in a ghost costume do the knock on the barn door the girl gets killed the ghost kid walk runs away and you're like what the fuck happened to him well this dude he's grown up now and he's uh like the town drunk oh yeah because yeah he's just fucking shit up he's, he's like smashing he's, lanterns yeah and, you, you, know, you gotta do this or you're gonna have a problem with people yeah. being murdered he tries to stand. He tries to. He looks kind of like Stephen King. I would just throw that out there. Eh, not really. His jaws. Uh, all right, big maybe enough. it's just the glasses, and he looks crazy. Uh, the name of the, the band, by the way, is the legendary Huck, Hucklebucks. There you go. Yeah. See, there you go. I, w- I mean, I was waiting for worth, you, dude. They're worth checking out. I thought, yeah, they're yeah. They're, somehow they're in the second. Somehow they're in the sequel. And I don't know. Uh, there, there must be some awesome zombie-ish shit that's gonna happen. Yeah, I was gonna say spot. maybe that's it. Maybe they're they're part of the crew now. <laughs> so this this whole thing is just it's like it's like uh, you know. In vain of brain dead, or in vain of uh, like Kingsman, like just this gore fest of just oh yeah, guts uh, and body parts and tests just, being pulled out. Yeah, death scenes galore. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so good. Yeah, they take about ten minutes to say, "All right, let's have some fun. Let's show you some good deaths." Exactly. So. And then the main characters, of course, escape, and then now they're on their scent, and they end up going back to the barn where there's this cult following happening basically uh, and then we find out yeah that the religious i guess priest, priest, priest that preacher. you know was like we need to appreciate autumn and well he doesn't work for that church he works for the church of satan church of satan satan, satan. <laughs> brutal anyway uh yeah but then and there's all this awesome 80s just cheese that's that we're not talking about, but because you need to watch it, that's mixed into all this. Because like, there's this whole eighty montage where they're gearing up and yeah. all this shit, dude. It's badass as fuck. Like they put on their fucking like they, lawnmower they, they gear, the like, they know, like the lawn. We're gear. gonna have to take out because female friends missing. Pretty sure she's gotten kidnapped. They're like, all right, this is it. And yeah, you have montage. Get all your weapons on because we're gonna have to take out. All each of these monsters one at a time, yeah, and then make it to the the barn. Yeah, <laughs> yep. So they have this whole scene where they go they're killing, you know, the uh, Hollow Jack, where they're just bashing all the pumpkins and using fucking weed killer on them. <laughs> yeah, it is great. And then they thought they got all the pumpkins, and then they're walking. And like very like slow motion, Evil Dead, some vines. Very slowly go around their legs, and then speeds up. Yeah, like it's and they're just, like, oh, oh no, we can't move. We're trapped. <laughs> and I was like, oh yes, please, yeah. please more of that, and more then, of yeah, that. There's one last pumpkin they didn't smash, and you know, oh yeah. god yeah. damn it. Yeah, the, the I just the image of those vines slowly going around. Like you have, 
you have no feeling in your legs in order to let those vines get that far <laughs> around without going, what the fuck is going on? And just lift your leg up. There yeah. you go. Just lift your leg up. You it's just fine. defeated the vines. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, they brushed into the barn while this cult meeting is happening. And they're fighting the miner and, you know, all this other stuff. And basically what you find out is for them to have good harvests, they worship Satan. Yeah. And uh, they try God. Harvest not so good. Satan, Satan seemed to, Satan seemed to give them better harvest. Though. But they have to sacrifice. Yeah, as well, you do. We, yeah, that's the one thing you know. Good harvest. Souls. Yeah. So I can't remember if it was every year, or every, every so many years that they had to do this. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it leads into them stopping the sacrifice. Oh, it was a sacrifice of flesh and meat. Remember, that's because right. it was like it was like. Not just like sacrificing souls, it was like there was like just pieces of bodies and shit. They were like, yeah, they had like buckets and shit. Yeah, like, yeah. all right, that's right. So basically, what well, you find out some of it, and then you downstairs of the barn is where mm. you see the huge collection of just you. Yeah, <laughs> and apparently, the, the you know you find each one has kind of a purpose. The big one being the miner is the one who tunnels them out of hell. <laughs> like, and again, I didn't realize that there were basements. Two barns. That was news to me, but... Apparently. Yeah, yeah apparently. Whose basement's yeah. the barns. Yep. Hey, whatever. They go, all right, because they find the hatch and they go down. I was like, wow, that's a lot of dedication to have that. And side note, but speaking of what we mentioned uh, Brain Dead earlier, there's a little homage yeah, to Brain Dead with, with that fucking lawnmower, fucking dude. lawnmower. I mean, it wasn't... Uh, it, <sighs> It was very quick. It was very quick. But they pointed out the lawnmower earlier. Early in the when they first go in the barn earlier in the movie, they're like, "Oh well, wow, check out that cool looking lawnmower." Which I don't think it looked very cool. I think it was more of, "I wonder if we're going to use this later on." <laughs> yeah, yeah, just this totally pro gas lawnmower. But yeah. it was cool later on when they fucking used it to chop up some motherfuckers. I'll Agreed. give you that. Yeah. Yes. And then there's this huge. So it ends up being they defeat. Hollow Jack, they f- defeat the Candy Corn Scarecrow. They're all, they've all been beaten, and you're down to the strongest of them all, which is the Miner. Yep. And there's this like fucking sick battle with like a pick at, uh, with like a pick and like a shovel and like like I think there's a flashlight involved. And, like, yeah. Whatever magic. objects yeah. he can grab. Yeah. And they eventually clearly overcome the evil, but they did not anticipate the devil. And da da da. Hey. And then we're done. We're st- it stops. <laughs> it stops right there. With an awesome still of them like, oh. Dude, I mean, oh, God. This it's, movie's so good in so yeah. many ways. It's it's so good in so hold many on, ways. Hold on, hold on. Because we joked about it when we watched it. I just had to bring it up real quick. Is um, the when they go down into the cellar of the barn, it gets blocked so they can't get out. Mm-hmm. And then the barn catches on fire. And so he's brought up one of the his best friends like, oh, the barn's on fire, man. Burns and, on fire. And we were joking around because it's like, oh, the keg's kids, uh, gone, man. We're, the keg's gone, empty. man. He's like, burns on fire, man. Tap the it's keg. very, like, nonchalant, like, oh, man, that sucks. And, like, not like, I guess we're going to burn to death. No, it's, it's just burns kind of on more fire. Of a nuisance. Yeah, burns, burns on, on fire, fire, man. He floated the keg. Yeah. Fuck. What a bummer, man. Dude, I thought we were going to a kegger. It's already floated, bro. I guess bro. Our, our flesh is going to melt, man. <sighs> it's going to be such a fucking bill. Fuck. But yeah, anyway. I love it. You get to that still <laughs> at the very end, and then this one last hand. time, yeah. fucking rock out some metal. And then yeah. you get, get last little cutscene. Because the girl that the main character was trying, that was too dumb to 
get in her pants. He sent her away before all the final showdown shit happened. So she's still driving, apparently, after all this shit. And somehow, they don't show it in the movie, but somehow they did pick a pumpkin from the back. How Jack starts... They were going to take the pumpkin to the metal show. Every metal band loves people bringing pumpkins. Sure. Maybe it's the 80s role. I mean, we don't know, dude. We we don't know. Uh, I'm not sure that... that, Okay. (laughs) Anyway, there's a pumpkin that just... Fucking but you gotta get the setup. It's all electricity. It's yeah. all electricity. Remember, it like it like short circuits to life with the hollow, with the flaming eyes. Right? Yeah. It's like. But zzz, you see psh. the pumpkin, and all of a sudden, bzzz, you see the buzz, and then in credits, and then Dude. fucking more Dude. '80s sounding metal. Dude. Yeah. Dude. No. Th- all right. So before we get into our final thoughts on this film, if you can't tell from how we've been talking about it, I do want to mention that uh, two years ago, so 2018, at a Monster Mania Con in Hunt Valley, Maryland. I had the pleasure of, of, of meeting Justin M. Seaman. He and his wife and their newborn, uh, I believe, first child, I believe he has two now, uh, congratulations, by the way, were there. And you know how you know somebody's there to fucking just do the business? Is yeah. When you're there with your wife and your newborn child, yeah. you're not there to fucking party. Yeah. You're there to fucking, like... Promote your shit. Promote your shit. Because yeah. not, like, not only is he a writer, director, and actor, he also runs a distributing company called Scream Team Releasing. And what that does is he takes uh, independent filmmakers that can't find a place to distribute their film, he will distribute their he will distribute your film and he will pay you whatever that film makes. Like obviously I mean, there's a percentage you make as being a distributor, right? But like I mean also it's an avenue for people to distribute their film yeah. that more than likely wouldn't have found a distributor otherwise. So He's got all. He's got his film, and he's got all these other films that he's he's trying. He's promoting his business, and like like I know if I went to a con with my wife and a newborn, I mean when I'm not on the floor, my ass is like probably sleeping. Yeah. Like I mean I'm just saying. Like right, let me get five hours of sleep and then get everything set up. So. Exactly. So no, um, I was lucky like enough our, to not, not like our drunk asses. Yeah. No God, we're we're a fucking train wreck <laughs> at a con. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. But we were lucky enough to get a few minutes to do a quick interview with him about that. And he'd act, when we go into Scream Team releasing and, you know, starting that company and then how he runs that, as well as we talk about the barn and the history behind that, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and add that interview to this episode so that way you can hear that because I feel like the interview is on an episode of another podcast from back, you know. Back in the day. A couple years ago. And I really want you to hear, hear him talk about his process of what he did to make this movie feel as authentic as it did all right hey geeks this is lowdown brown again and uh still at monster mania horror convention uh this time i'm speaking with a justin seaman he is a writer director actor and owner of scream team releasing and then they have a a nice slew of uh fun filled gory horror films um i've I've personally have seen the barn which is actually his film um so uh justin what made you want to start creating? Uh, yeah, I, I think it was just growing up on horror films, watching them as a kid, and wanting to know how uh, monsters were made. Uh, that, that was my first love, was special effects. And then the more I looked into how, you know, uh, especially the Monster Squad. No, uh, dude. Uh, oh. that, that's my favorite, that's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, that made me want to learn more about filmmaking in general. 
And I would just like to interrupt. This is Kyle Smash in the background. You are now one of my new favorite people. Oh, great. Because that is one of my favorite movies of yeah, all time. Yeah. I don't know how anybody couldn't like the Monster Squad. Uh, but Honestly, right? It's like, it's like, no, it's like our being in the horror genre, yeah. you know, it is like our Sandlot. It is our, exactly. you know, like it's our Goonies. It's like yeah. for the horror people. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah, so, you know, it was really that that film that made me want to start making my own stuff. And uh, around, around, I guess it, might, it must have been kindergarten, I was able to convince my mom to help me make a, a stop-motion animation of Godzilla. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, so I took, like, my big Godzilla figure, and, and it was, like, in our driveway, and he kind of goes through and he smashes the town, and the town was, like, the Ghostbusters firehouse, and everybody inside of it was, like, Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters and He-Man and all that stuff. So, you know, it was all just the toys I had around, but you know, we had to edit in the camera. So mm -hmm. it was like, you know, you record something and then pause and then move it. So um, I, I just found a love for that. And as the years went on through high school and then into college, it just was something that I, I wanted to, to do, you mm -hmm. know? And I knew, I knew going into it as time went on that it was gonna be a profession that was gonna be, you know, tough. Oh yeah. And it's very tough, because it's, it's an art, you know? Yep. And a lot of people look at it as go get a real job. But uh, you know what? It, it, I enjoy it. I make money at it, you know. And so. it is a job. I mean, it it's is. work. I, I I tell people I I put more work into making movies and selling movies than I think I would at a nine to five job. Like, cause it doesn't end. I'm I'm up at all hours of the night working on stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Which I don't get to clock out, cause mm -hmm. you know. So it's not even like it's not even like just the filming. It's man, the editing, the production. Where's the money coming from? Where where can we film? Exactly. Like you got all you yeah. got so many connections and you got in contact. So many things that people don't understand that goes into a movie, and that's why I think it's so disheartening with piracy. Um, you know, it, I know it affects Hollywood, but especially the indie guys. Yeah, I mean, it's really tough, and because people just go, oh, whatever, you made a movie. It's like, well, we put a lot of work in that movie. It took a lot of dedicated people, a lot of money, well, you know, a lot of time. Um, and it could take years for someone to make a movie. So mm -hmm. I, I always hate to hear the stories of people putting their content out and it getting stolen. And yeah. even myself, when I go to these shows, I have people that come, come up to me and say, oh man, I love the barn. And I'm like, oh cool, where, where did you get it from? Oh yeah, I downloaded it off the internet. I'm like, why would you tell me that? Like, why would you backhand give me a compliment? So can you that, at least give me 20 bucks now since you didn't <laughs> yeah. you own it? Like, thank you. Thanks for stealing it, but I'm glad you liked it, right? So that, that kind of sucks, because I'm like, then they're, they're also the same people that go, oh, you're gonna make a sequel. Well, not if you're stealing the movie. <laughs> How am I going to afford to make a sequel? I can't. Seriously. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, it's a tough, it's a tough field for people. Like, yeah. You have to really just love it and be dedicated to it. I'm sure, as I'm sure you know, because yeah, you know, doing the podcast stuff. It's you, know? you gotta stay on it. You know, you gotta, you got the biggest thing is getting the content out there. Yeah. You're constantly having to work on getting the content out there. Yep. And, um, you know, and for those of you listening who don't know, like. You, you at least need to try the indie movies. Like everyone, you know, they see the big blockbusters come out. Yeah, there's some good ones and they're awesome to go see, but like, check out the indie, the indie scene for horror. There's a lot of great content coming out from multiple sources, mm -hmm. you know, that people are creating great films. And if, 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 you, if you think, oh, you know, it's indie, it's small time, it's not gonna be this or that, you know, it's not gonna be glossy enough for me. I'm like, well, stop and think about this for a second. You, for those of you who don't know, Halloween was an indie film. Yeah. And look what it turned into. Oh yeah. So it's like that's what the kind of stuff you can come across. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, and people just need to look. People need to look at that. Well, I, you know, I totally get it because there is a lot of poorly made films out there, and it, it does turn people off from even wanting to take the chance. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's one of the things when I started Scream Team, I wanted to invest in films that I personally liked 
that I thought an audience would like, and I also have to like and believe in the people behind it because mm -hmm. I don't want to pick up a movie and sell it, and the person that made it's an asshole. <laughs> you know, like I don't want to, you know, because I'm kind of working for these people, you know. So, uh, it, you know, and and the nice thing about the one nice thing I will say about the indie film community is that when you start to find people that like your content, they continue to come back and support it. And the word of mouth is very good because they understand like, hey, these guys can't keep making new films for you to like and enjoy if we don't buy them. Exactly. You know, so yeah. Exactly. And it does, uh, you know, uh, it does help, you know, to throw at least one or two out that, you know, like, for instance, right now, guys, uh, you can see the one of the movies. Um, it's a it's a series. It's got what six episodes. Season one of it is on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh, the um, witching season. Witching season. That's yep. what it was. I knew it was the witching something. I couldn't remember the witching season. Yeah. Um, so that that helps too. You know, I mean, you're losing a little money, but if people are still going to buy it, because it's not going to stay on Amazon. Exactly. You know. And, and what we're seeing is is people watching it and then turning around and buying it because they want to own a physical copy. Yeah. And I get it all the time. People say like, oh, you know, how's the sales doing? Because you only focus on physical. Mm -hmm. You know. And I said, it's not dying. I mean, there's there are people out there that they they desire and they want to have something in their hands and look at it's it's it exists especially it, if you're a collector exactly yeah, yeah. so that's kind of it, it's funny we were doing um i don't know what horror website put it up but they pretty much referred to the comp my company as like the indie screen factory what we're trying to do because you know we do special art designs reverse art inserts um with especially with bong of the living dead the one that just came out yesterday uh the the, the film crew that made that backward slate productions they wanted to do a, a slip cover but it's a stoner film so they wanted to make the slip cover look like a, a brick of weed you know yeah. so like and we did a small run of those just so and it's selling like crazy because people they want that and you don't see that often with indie films you yeah. usually you usually see an indie film it's it's like a home burn mm -hmm. on, a, on a white disc maybe sometimes they print on it you know, um, and then the sleeves look like they printed it on their computer. And you no, know, your packaging is very impressive. Oh yeah, I mean these are like yeah. legit replicated discs. Go through the factory process, the QC, and all that. And uh, I mean it's expensive, mm -hmm. but you know I want to put out quality material because I don't want to sell somebody a stinker and yeah, then they exactly. don't come back. <laughs> exactly. But no, it shows like you know we say it's hard and like folks uh, that, that that there's love that goes into it because mm -hmm. you want to release something that you 100% say this is awesome and yeah. here you go. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, and 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 the thing is is like I started out with the barn and then I picked up 1031 which I was a part of that was a, a Halloween horror anthology and then the next release was the sleeper which mm -hmm. is which is a film that came out in like 2013 uh, it was self-released by the filmmaker Justin Russell and once he sold out of the copies he had it just was it it just kind of disappeared and uh, I tracked him down and told him I said the sleeper was an inspiration for me to make the barn an 80s throwback because I'd always wanted to do that, but people were like, no, don't, don't do that, you know, that's over, that, you know, people were tired of that, do something original, and I was like, but I wrote the story as a, an 80s film, so mm -hmm. it, did, it felt wrong not to do it, and I saw The Sleeper, and I went, wow, this guy can do it, I can do it, and uh, so I contacted him, I told him how much I appreciated like, his inspiration, and I just wanted to know if, if he had the rights back to his movie, or what the plans were for a Blu-ray, and that's when I found out he had never sold the rights, and he kept them. So I was like, are you interested in putting it out on Blu-ray through Scream Team? And he's like, dude, it's just sitting on a hard drive. He's like, so if you want to put the money into it, go ahead. He's like, because pretty much he was at the point where I guess the movie financially wasn't as successful as he'd hoped. And he got to a point where he was just like, I can't put any more money into this thing. I yeah. have to just walk away. Uh, so I was like, dude, I will totally invest in this. And, and it was great. And, and it actually found an audience that it missed. People didn't even realize this movie existed. And it was five years old now. So, you know. Yeah. And I told him, I said, I think the thing that happened with The Sleeper was you came out too early. And that's not his fault, 
but what helped the barn was like the retro craze that came back and I think a lot of it was due to Stranger Things Yeah. because then all of a sudden children today understood what we were going for oh like Stranger Things you know so the, the 80s you exactly know, that's why it was a perfect time for the It remake basically because they're in the 80s now yeah, like it definitely exactly. you know and I'm like oh hey I remember all that I was like five when <laughs> yeah. this came out like yeah, you know yeah, yeah. so, so uh, yeah so and it's just you know and then and working with all these people um, and you know the next release I, I believe it was uh Volumes of Blood, which is another, uh, it had been out before, and we wanted to re-release it for those people because they had, uh, they'd never got a, a proper Blu-ray release, and so yeah, I mean, it's just we're trying to do everything we can to keep the working people in the film, you know, and in, in our indie group like around the area I'm in, and, and you know, even now we're like Dubo Party Massacre, those guys are out in California, mm. and they made a four hundred thousand dollar movie, in which I mean, you can't tell that because they degraded it so much, but it, you know. It's a great film, and mm-hmm. uh, they're having problems trying to sell it on their own. So you know, and they're hoping that I can reach the market that they're looking for. You know, uh, so it's great. You know, yeah. and it, it's and I tell them uh, the stigma around distribution, especially for anybody, and that's why I didn't sign mm-hmm. uh, with with somebody when I made the barn was you get screwed over. The filmmaker never wins. It's always the distributor. They keep the money. They fudge the numbers. You know, uh, that I, just I have, sucks. I don't have any friends that uh, I've ever talked to that have sold the rights to their movies have ever seen a penny and so that's what scared me away from from doing it uh you know signing my movie away so my goal with this is to be is to make sure that i make the money back for the filmmakers make, uh, you make sure the creators get money for exactly. their work right? and, I, right. and i tell them up front i'm like look you know if you want to see your movie in a walmart or a target or somewhere and you want to be able to walk into that store and see it on the shelf and take a photo with it i'm not your guy because you have to make those deals with those people that then keep your money, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's a whole retail is a whole nother beast. You know, you can lose your ass in retail. You could owe money in retail. Um, so I, I told him, like, do you want to look successful or do you want to be successful? Because I can help you be successful and I can help you make money. You're not going to be rich. I'm not going to be rich, but you're going to get something. Yeah. Like I said, I've got friends. It's been six, seven years. Their movies are almost to the to the point where they're going to get the license back, and they've never seen a penny. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, so cool. I'm able to every month pay the filmmakers something. You know, maybe it's a thousand, maybe it's fifteen hundred, maybe it's two hundred, maybe it's fifty bucks. It just depends on the sales, but they're getting something. You know, they're getting money. Exactly. You're clearly giving. Yeah. We're getting more than they would ever get. You know, signing with some of these other places. Not not to say that every distribution company is going to get you, but it's it's tough. And and the the nice thing is is that I'm I'm pretty much trying to keep my releases to like six to eight a year, because I'm not trying to build a catalog to just pump movies out so yeah. that I can just make money even if it's 50 bucks off of each title. You know, I'm, I am literally putting my own savings into each film and hoping that it sells enough to recoup so that I get the money back and I put it into the next film I pick mm-hmm. up. You know what I mean? So anymore, the, I, we, we, we've been calling everybody like the Scream Team Class 2018 because they're really the start of what I hope to become many years of doing this and you know, a good reputation and a network of filmmakers. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the plan. So far, it's been about seven months, seven eight months of this, uh, and it's been great. Okay. So, and I've and I have a, a really great customer base of people returning, so that's nice too. Mm-hmm. And they trust me uh, with that I'm that I'm not going to put out stinkers. Yeah. <laughs> like I said. No, but seriously, that's yeah. a lot. Mad respect uh, to you for that. Like oh, just making you. sure that that you you know the creators are taken care of. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, that's so disheartening. Now, let's go into you are a creator. Yeah. So, um, what? As a, as, a, as a director and the writer of The Barn, what, how do you go about writing, I guess, that 80s style 
and filming because I noticed that the filming on it is is shot similar to mm -hmm. a, like an actual 80s 80s movie. So how do you how do you really go about that versus you know because it's almost like you have to downgrade from t modern technology to kind of do that yeah, and step yeah. back. So how does that work? Um, so when I wrote the story, I wrote it in '93 when I was a kid. And uh, so, at the time, my inspiration was movies like Monster Squad, Night of the Demons, Night of the Creeps, Return of the Living Dead, Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. That was the kind of stuff I wanted, you know, I wanted my story to be. So in my mind, I've always had that type of feel, you know, with that and what the way it looked. And that's why I was telling you I wanted to stay true to the story and not make it a modern movie. I wanted to make it, keep it an 80s film. Uh, but it's like you're saying it's a lot different uh, the technology you know the cameras are lighter um, a lot of the stuff that people are used to seeing now is you know very flashy camera work um, quick zooms and mm -hmm. stuff and we knew going back and watching the films watching my bloody valentine and things like that looking at how the shots were a lot of it's on tripod you know uh, it, the camera moved when it needed to move it wasn't like a constant little like like a like a shake you know that mm -hmm. you see now like in almost every film where it looks like it's handheld uh, so yeah, it kind of gets annoying after a while honestly it, it to me. does yeah I, I remember the first time I saw something I think it was that movie um, Kick, Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell mm -hmm. uh, it was so much handheld like quick movements that it was making me nauseous and I'm like it looked it looked terrible to me mm -hmm. and now most things look like that and I, I don't notice it now because it's so you know but uh yeah, so we did like a lot of studying of, of the films we wanted to emulate, and, uh, and and then as far as like the lighting, you know, we, we tried to recreate the shadows and stuff like that, and just not such a bright like lit look, and uh, the costume colors, because we knew we were shooting a lot of the movie at night, so we wanted to make sure things popped, and it wasn't like people in black clothes in, in a nighttime shot, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the locations, like we tried to find actual locations that were kind of like stuck in time. So like there's a scene at a drive-in and a scene at a roller rink. And then um, the town I live in, you know, it's a lot of old houses. So we shot that for trick-or-treating, but they were all like actual places that looked like they'd never been updated. You know, yeah, so yeah. we got away with that. Uh, so, but you know, we were lucky with that, but everything else we had to do, we custom made clothing. Um, you know, people had their haircuts different and, you know, so it was a lot of work and I'm glad people appreciate that, that, you know, cause yeah. it is, it's not easy to do a period piece, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, even if it's the eighties, a period piece. Yeah. yeah. Um, so well, I mean, the eighties, I mean, that, it, the movie's basically representing 30 years ago. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, you know, that people say when, you know, I feel like people our generation, when they say the eighties, it seems it's still like yesterday, but no, it's yeah. 30 years ago. Yeah. So it is a period piece. Yeah. yeah. You know? and, I, and I told people, I said, they were like, what well, your inspiration for the things, the way things looked? I said, well, I said, it kind of goes off of, uh, I was kind of looking at what was going on in California in 1989, and you know, it slowly worked its way over towards like the Midwest. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, was, I call it like the Saved by the Bell look, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of pop, you know, poppy colors and things like that. So like we took a lot of the costume inspirations for that from like Saved by the Bell, and like, you know, because, I, you know, I, I remember watching those shows, and I think Saved by the Bell came out like '87. Initially, yeah, when yeah, like it, Good when Morning, Miss Bliss, or whatever. Yeah, yeah so yeah. like we were looking at stuff like that. And we're like, you know what? Yeah, I like this look because the end of the '80s kind of spilled into the early '90s. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So a lot of people, the the neon stuff that wasn't really that popular in the '80s. It's more in the early '90s. But we have this thought of what the '80s looked like. Mm -hmm. You know, so people associate it. So we were like. Well, it did look like that, just not necessarily where, like in Pittsburgh, you know, mm -hmm. at, the, at the time. So that's what we were trying to like, you know, we're, we're going to go for more of the flashy end of the 80s for that. So people could go like, yeah, it's an 80s film, even though it would technically probably look more like a, an early 90s film. You know? I don't know. I, I, no, I mean, I definitely got, because I'm just knowing the actual, you know, what the actual clothing was kind of yeah. like. Like I do, I did, I did think the clothing kind of did match, mm -hmm. especially when you have the, uh, the, the, the dance scene. 
at the at the high school. Like yeah, you get yeah. a lot of shots of the kind of clothing you had to so you had to hammock all. Did you have to hammock a lot of that? No, a lot of okay. that was like, <laughs> hey. Because it was like it's out in the country, you were like, "Hey, just bring out your like your farmer clothes." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, man, yeah. whatever works. That's right, right. Um, okay, well, awesome. So, um, I'm sure you have, you know, Facebook, social media. Yeah, you yeah. want to? Um, yeah, if you follow, mostly I'm on Facebook, but uh, you can check out the barn on Facebook. It's a forward slash the barn movie, and then if you go to the website screamteamreleasing.com, that's where you can buy. Uh, pretty much anything I've ever made for the barn and then all of the new titles that I'm, I'm carrying and uh, and then you can reach me on the contact page there as well but you can also email screenteamreleasing uh, at gmail.com to get a hold of me and um, I'm always looking for submissions uh, can't guarantee I'll pick your movie up because you know I'm kind of choosy but you know if you've got something out there and you think it kind of goes in line with the other titles we've got please you know hit me up uh, I would love to uh, take a look at it and see if I can help you awesome yeah yeah definitely keep that in mind we have we do have uh, we do know some content creators <laughs> um, from in Richmond that do cool. you know um, so the last thing uh, um, uh, you said you just released Bong of the Living Dead that's the yeah. release and I believe when we talked earlier you mentioned that you are doing a blu-ray release of the anthology 1031 right yes 1031 uh, Rocky Gray actually did an Indiegogo months ago and that content is coming out for the Indiegogo backers here in about two weeks. So once all the people from Indiegogo get their stuff, then we're going to put it up on the store. Okay. The leftovers okay. Uh, to sell. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, uh, Justin, it was a pleasure talking with yeah, you, man. Nice thank, you for, thank you for thank you for having the interview. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. All right, geeks, you got it. So, and like I say, go to Amazon Prime. You can watch the Witching Season if you just want to get a feel of what kind of stuff Scream Team is is supporting and putting out there. That gives you a little bit of a heads up, yep. you know. And definitely go on the website, and if you like that, purchase some stuff, man. Give the man some money. <laughs> All right, so you just heard me, you know, interview Justin M. Seaman. But mind you, that was an early interview. <laughs> I was not at peak form. <laughs> and and also, mind it's you, pre pre mouths. I was very. At that, so that interview was at like 7 30, 8 o'clock at night. I was still hungover. Yeah. From Friday. Yeah. Because I was on a Saturday at the con. I was second day con? Still. Second day of a con? Yeah, yeah, dude. I was so bad. I was so I was in such bad form. Oh God. I was mi- <laughs> I mean, like, I, I was I was powering through. I was a trooper. I was so fucking miserable. Yeah. I felt like ass until I was like was like, okay, I guess I can start drinking again. Yeah. And then I was fine. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, he was a great, great dude to talk to. We were at Monster Mania last year in 2019, and he was there as well with um, another creator, uh, director of another film that his uh, company is actually releasing. And um, we just, it, it, I wanted to do another interview with him talking about The Barn 2, because The Barn 2 was filming then. Yeah. COVID did, obviously this year, of course, as, fuck as it up every, like everything yeah, is done. As everything has been fucked up. So, uh, but... I wanted to kind of discuss where he was at with the project and how we, how far it's come, but that just did this didn't happen. So there's the interview from two years ago, just just kind of going into his passion and where he's at as a creator and an owner and where his love lies, basically. Yeah. So some other things I want to mention before we're done is clearly this this movie was on the chopping block. It I mean it survived with oh yeah flying colors. I found it, out too because the I've now seen it three times, and this last time was a couple weeks back. I had everybody come over, but now it's cooling down. We can do outside. I have a projector, set up the outside projector, everything like that. Had a bunch of people come over and watch it. It's a fun movie to watch with some friends. Everybody loved it. Yeah. Everybody that came over to watch it 
And I mean, watching it outside, it was cool. It was fucking fall weather. It's like, and it's it was like just, one of those movies, though, it's just like, it's not interactive, but just some of the cheesy 80s dialogue yeah, and the kills. Dude. It's a lot of just good to watch with friends. And every, and everybody that hadn't seen it, which is basically everyone but us, yeah. loved it. <laughs> yeah. Like, they loved it. So that... And that's cool. Like, I always love bringing a movie that people generally enjoy. Yeah. Like, here's a movie I found. Because there's some stuff that we that we do enjoy that might be slow moving. And sometimes, you know, it's good, but it's not, like, crowd, like, you know. Crowd pleasing. Crowd pleasing. So to say. And that's one of those movies, yeah, you can get her white piloted, just fucking watch it, just have and a ball. Everybody, everybody enjoyed the shit out of it. It's yeah. definitely a fun gathering film. Uh, but, like I said, Barn 2 has been filming. Um, I'm pretty sure there's still a little bit left they're trying to finish up. So all these there's links that will be included with the posting of this episode that there is an Indiegogo for the Barn 2. Um, I believe it's still it, it, it was still going as of a few weeks ago, um, last time I looked. And um, I mean, I they have tons of cool perks. You can actually get props from the original barn. Oh, man. Like, there's awesome stuff there. But I, I mean, I went with the... Blu-ray with the uh, name in the credits for the for the Barn Two. Uh, just I wanted to throw some money towards the film. Like I yeah, love the we first. We should throw some so more much. and get Mouse Madness in the credits. I mean, okay. Um, <laughs> so there's also another film that they're currently still filming during COVID, and it uh, it was actually a passion project of one of uh, Justin's friends, from what I gather from everything I've read. And it, they've been working on it for years, and they've been filming it. I believe it's almost done. They just need a little bit to finish it. There's also an Indiegogo for that, too, and it's called Cryptids. And basically, it's a story about a radio DJ who's having, uh, from what I gather, people calling in and telling monster, telling their monster story. So hmm. it's an anthology-style movie, yeah. and you'll never guess who the radio DJ is. Oh, Could it man. Could possibly be a guy with a crazy mustache? No. Okay, I, I thought it was no. be the first chase of the no. game. No, no, no. Okay. So even better, he's already got his own commentary show, and he's had it for like the last thirty years. Oh, oh does he have uh, a certain style of his own? No, he's got like this weird. He's got yeah, he's got this weird bolo thing yeah. he wears. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and he sits on a lawn chair. So yeah. does he comment a lot on horror movies? He does. Oh he man. A lot. Yeah, we're talking about Joe Bob Briggs. He got <laughs> Joe Bob Briggs in this fucking movie to be a radio. Oh my, I, I, I wish I had that radio channel in my life. Yeah. Like fuck. I mean, we we do. We have. At the last, we had the last drive-in, currently. Mm -hmm. But anyway, he got him on this, and uh, I'm so stoked for this film. There's again awesome perks to whatever with what to go with what you donate to this film. I went with the Blu-ray signed by the directors and Joe Bob Briggs. It was the most popular one, so I went with it. But you can also get one with the Blu-ray and the poster, and they're signed. A little nice. more money with that. Yeah, there's really cool fucking things. You can get just the shirt. I mean, there's awesome things, and you guys need like. Now more than ever, you need to support independent everything. Like, filmmaking, restaurants, like, I don't give a fuck what it is. If it's independent and it's local, you need to support that shit. Yeah. Like, seriously. Everybody's struggling. So, I, I want to do what I can where I can. And I've enjoyed a lot of the movies from Scream Team releasing. Like, I mean, another podcast of ours had an episode on one of their movies. Oh, Yeah. Holy oh, yeah. shit. Dubro, Party Massacre, Massacre 3. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. And, I mean, I've I've bought tons of their movies uh, both times at the con. So, I mean, I'm Dreaming of a White Doomsday is really sick, which 
I need to let you watch that in a few hundred. That's really good. All right. But he, 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 they, they released some good fucking horror movies. They really, and like, I love that anytime an indie film has a way to be like spread, yeah. you know? So, and support the indie horror. I mean, like, exactly. And that's, that's what's great about these cons is, I mean, there's a lot of advantages now in this day and age with the internet, but there's still something so badass about going to a con these indie horror directors and like getting that shit having like you did talking to them one-on-one man it's fucking awesome yeah and I, I really am bummed that last year at 2019's monster mania in hunt valley i because I, I, I did stop and talk to him but we never got to make the interview work so well and you didn't think there was gonna be a pandemic where we've now that missed, is also true we missed like three cons. horror horror cons yeah, at this point three of them so yeah uh, and you didn't really uh, think about the time or you know what i, I would have prioritized a few other things too if i knew <laughs> the last <laughs> horror con i went to would have been hunt valley last year so Gee, oh, it's so sad yeah oh uh, anyway so back to positive things all the links to Scream Team releasing and uh, the Indiegogo campaigns for both those films, The Barn 2 Encrypted, uh, all that stuff and uh, will be available when, I, when this episode comes out. Also, before we go, I did not mention this, The Barn itself is streaming on Prime. Yep. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can literally go in and just watch this movie. I do recommend buying it because I, I have, actually have two copies of it. I didn't realize in my drawing estate I had bought a copy. I have two Blu-ray <laughs> copies of this film. That's how much you love the that movie's so good. You have two copies of it. I mean, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm, I love the movie. And look, there's sometimes so there's certain movies, and you know, you, and I you, was, you might want to, you have the comfort of lending it out and not having to stress the fuck out. I've been I was pumping this movie for a while. You were, you were. No one listened to me. Yeah. And then when they then they see the greatness, they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Seriously, that's what I, I got. That's what I got. Like they're like, yeah. You were right. I'm like, I know, bitch. Dude, how long did it take for me to convince Hobbit to see uh, your next, all right? That's true. I mean, seriously, sometimes it's just a matter of just keep reminding, hey, did you see the barn yet? Did you see the barn yet? And, okay, good. You finally saw it, so you know I'm not full of shit. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes it's baby steps. It's baby steps, it's all baby right? steps. So, definitely check all that out. Go through all the links. See what I'm talking about. At, at a minimum, just watch The Barn on Prime and make your decision and go from there. I bet you'll want to own it because it won't be on Prime forever. I was going to say, if anything, watch Barn, rate it. You know, mm-hmm. give them... Review you know, it, rate yeah, it. Give, give them some feedback. Give them some good feedback, man. So. Get those. Because I know there's some people that when it comes to horror movies, they'll just go and look at the highest rated Star Wars. Get that up, man. Get some word of mouth. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. And as always... Hit us up on lowdownbrown.gygmail.com. Let us know about movies you want to hear about. Let us know about movie uh, what you think about this movie, if you've seen it, or if you watch it after this episode comes out. We want your feedback as much as you should leave the review on Amazon. Like, yeah. leave the review. Let us know. We would we will we'll bring up what you say on an episode. It's like, oh, and by the way, on the previous episode, we've got some response. We will do that because we want to hear from people. We want the feedback. And um, until we talk to you again, stay safe.
Join us at GUIPodcast.com. <laughs>